Hi, this is Pastor Nelson Mercado. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast from the Nashville First Seventh-day Adventist Church. I hope you are blessed by today's message. You bow your heads with me. Thank you, Father, for that love that let go the best that you had to save us. We worship you today, and we pray that that you will encourage us, inspire us, motivate us through your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. A nurse took the tired, anxious, young serviceman to the bedside. Your son is here, she told the old man. She had to repeat herself several times before he opened his eyes. He had been heavily sedated because he had had a heart attack. And so he dimly saw the young uniformed Marine standing outside of his oxygen tent. He reached out for his hand. The Marine wrapped his toughened fingers around the limp fingers of the old man, squeezing a message of love and encouragement. The nurse brought a chair so that the Marine could sit by the bed. And all through the night, the young Marine sat there in that poorly lighted room, holding the man's hand and offering words of love and strength. Occasionally, the the nurse suggested that the Marine step away and, and get some rest, but he refused. Whenever the nurse entered into the room, the Marine was oblivious to her. And to the noises of the hospitals, you know, the the clanking of oxygen tanks, the the laughter of the the staff members, you know, nurses, fellow nurses, as they greeted each other, the cries and moans of other patients. Now and then, she she heard the Marine uh, say a few gentle words, and the aging, dying man said nothing, only held tightly to the hand of his son all throughout the night. Along towards dawn, the old man died. The Marine released the now lifeless hand that he had been holding all throughout the night and went and told the nurse. And while she did what she had to do, he waited. Finally, she returned. She started offering words of sympathy when when he interrupted her and asked, who was that man? And surprised, she startled, she she said, "Well, well, he was your father. And he said, no, he wasn't. I've never seen that man in my entire life. All right, we have a show. She said, he said, I, I'd never seen that man in my entire life. And, and she said, well, why didn't you say anything when I brought you to him? I knew right away that this was a mistake, he said. But I also knew that this man needed his son, and his son wasn't there. And when I realized that he was too sick to know whether I was his son or not, I knew that he needed me. I came here today in search for William Gray. His son was killed in Iraq yesterday, and I was sent to notify him. 
But what was this man's name? And the nurse, with tears in her eyes, said, his name was William Gray. As far back as 1924, President Calvin Coolidge recommended that Father's Day be, become a, a national holiday, but it wasn't until 1966 under President Lyndon Johnson who, through an executive order, designated the third Sunday of June as a day to honor fathers everywhere. And of course, Father's Day has become commercialized. You know, marketers put, pushing, you know, snappy ties and, and car accessories and grilling equipment. But thankfully, uh, the true spirit of Father's Day still is alive and well in, in America and across the world. But today, I, I'll ask you a question, and that is, what will you do for your father? What will you do for your father? Now, you know, all of us uh, have di different experiences with our dads. As you saw in the little uh, the skit, you know, some are positive and some are not. You know, I, I, I know, I believe that, that I, I will see my father when, he, when Jesus comes in the clouds of heaven. I will see him again. But I, I must be honest when I tell you that my father wasn't the best dad. I mean, sure, we had everything we needed at the house, but he wasn't there for uh, my brother and I as we were growing up. It always seemed that, that there were things that were more important to him than his children. At least that's the way I saw it. And yet I wish I could tell you that, that I had done better than him. You know, I always swore that, that, that I would not be like my father, but, but what I found is that, I, that I, I imitated him in many ways, and I'm ashamed to say that in others I was worse than he was. And so maybe, maybe that's your experience as you think about fathers. And so, so when, when it comes to Father's Day, well, you're not all that excited. But I got to tell you, my, my father... You know, even though I had my issues with my dad, my father accepted Jesus in the latter part of his life. And, and as I think about that, you know, at this stage in my life, what I would give to have my dad with me. And so, if you, if you, um, if you have your dad, if you, if, if your father's alive, make the best of it. Make the best of it and do something nice for him. And yet the question that I asked, what will you do for your father? I'm not talking about your earthly father, but about your heavenly one. Let's open our Bibles to um, the book of Psalm. Psalm 103, verse 13 is our scripture reading for today. Psalm 103 and verse 13. Now, Psalm 103 is, is titled, uh, A Praise to the Lord's Mercy, A Praise for the Lord's Mercy, I should say. And, and it starts and it ends with the same command that should result from David's description of the characteristics of God. The, the, the psalm starts and ends with the command, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Now, obviously, to bless, blessing is an act of worship. In fact, the, the Hebrew word for blessing or for to bless is barak, which means to kneel. 
And of course, we kneel always before someone who is superior to us. We kneel before God because God is, and he alone is God. He's creator, he's sustainer, he is redeemer, he's your rock and your foundation. We kneel before him and we worship him. Now, David mentions a few things that that he calls God's benefits in verse 2. And these benefits should motivate us to bless the Lord. Notice in verse 4, he says that our heavenly Father redeems your life from destruction and crowns you with loving kindness. This is what your heavenly father does for you. He, he redeems you. He, 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 uh, he crowns you with loving kindness. And verse 5, he satisfies your mouth with good things. Aren't you glad that he, he satisfies you with good things? In verse 6, your heavenly father gives justice to the oppressed. Do you feel oppressed today? Your heavenly father gives you justice. In verses 8 and 10, He is merciful and gracious, not punishing us according to our sins. Think about that. Some of you may be thinking your sins are too dark, they're too dirty, but your heavenly father who could punish you according to your sins doesn't. He doesn't. How how merciful is our heavenly father, you may ask. Notice verses 11 and 12. For as the heavens are high above the earth, So great is his mercy towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Now that's mercy. That is grace from our heavenly father. And then in verse 13, which we read the scripture reading, instead of saying, I pity you, therefore be like me. No, he he goes on to compare himself with our earthly father. Now, this word pity, when somebody says, I pity you, I pity the fool, Mr. T used to say. We think about pity as as a negative thing, you know, like a feeling sorry for someone. But, but this word pity in the Hebrew simply means love and compassion. And so what, that, what God is saying here, as, dad, as your dad has love and compassion for you, I am like him. I'm like your dad. In the living translation, the living Bible, I should say, it says it this way. The Lord is like a father to his children tender and compassionate to those who fear him. The English Standard Version says that as as a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. I am like your dad. But see, this is where where, where some of us may say, well, hold on, pastor, because if if God is really like my dad, I don't want to have anything to do with him. But you must understand, obviously, that David here is simply using an illustration. The, the love and the compassion of, of God is not tied to your fathers, to your earthly fathers, because God has already been loving and compassionate and merciful, and he has proven it by the gift of Jesus. He's always been like that. However, the, the, this verse really is a call for us fathers, or for those of you soon-to-be fathers, or for those of you who at some point in the future would like to be a father. 
It's not so much that God is like us, it's that we should be like him. That we should be a reflection of him. That we show loving kindness, that we protect our children, that we show justice, that we use mercy and grace, and that we do not punish our children according to their shortcomings, because God hasn't done that to us. If God has been merciful and gracious to us, we should be merciful and gracious to our children. We are to be a reflection of our, who our God is, especially to our children. It was uh, Charles Kettering who said that every father should remember that one day his son will follow his example and not his advice. We need to be an example. We need to be a reflection. How about our daughters? Pastor J- J- David Jeremiah said that, that our, a girl's father is the first man in her life and probably the most influential. And so being that the case, we should be a reflection of our Heavenly Father. We should show these characteristics. We should show these benefits that cause David to bless the Lord. You know, I often think about the legacy that I will leave to my children, to to the world today, you know, when I die. What what powerful thing would it be that that it could be said about me that as a father, I showed these characteristics, these benefits, so that my children and my family and those who know me would say, bless the Lord and bless Pastor Nelson, who who was that example. And and each of us can say the same thing. That should be our goal. And not only our fathers, but every one of us. Every one of us should be that reflection. Remember... It was God the Father, the Bible says, it was God the Father who took the first step. Isn't that what what Patricia sang about? Love let him go. It was was God the Father who took the first step and gave him the best that he had so that if we believed in him, we should not perish but have everlasting life. The love of the Father. That's what we should reflect every day of our life. And so today, we celebrate communion service and as we take part of communion service, this should be more than something that, that we, well, we do it once, once a quarter, and, and, and I'm a member of this church, and so I do it. it. It should be more than that. As you take part of communion service, is you're telling your father that you've accepted the gift of salvation. Amen. And, and when you tell your father that you've accepted the, accepted the gift of salvation, you will make him very happy. Amen. You will please him. And so, what will you do? For your father, may you be like David and say, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Now, we are going to uh, separate for our foot washing. For those who may be unfamiliar, we, uh, Seventh-day Adventists, you know, take part of the foot washing and following Jesus' command in John chapter 13. And so we will separate. Um, we have uh, the fellowship hall here to my left and your right. It will be the ladies will be over here to do their foot washing. In the primary room here to my right and your left, you'll see the, 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 the letter primary or the, the, the sign primary on the room. That will be for the gentlemen. And then at the far right, your left, in the beginner's room, we will have 
a room for couples if couples would like to do the foot washing together. While the parents, while adults are doing their foot washing, children can stay in here and we will have a children's story for, uh, for the little kids as, uh, as the parents are washing, uh, having their foot wash. Uh, also, you'll, you'll notice that we have the uh, the baskets full of Ziploc bags, and in those bags we have both the bread and the wine. So when you come into the sanctuary after washing your feet, we would ask that if you want to participate, that you would come forward and grab a bag and take that with you to your seat, and we will have both the bread and the wine in the bag, and you can partake of the bread and the wine when, we, when the moment comes. Would you stand with me as we pray? Loving Father, once again, we praise you because of the Father who you are, because of those benefits that David talks about, because of your justice, because of your loving kindness, because of your mercy, because of your grace. And, oh, Lord, you have shown us that every day of our lives. Help us to be a reflection of who you are, not only we as dads, or those that want to be dads at some point, but every one of us here, may we be a reflection of who you are to those around the world. May everyone be able to say, bless the Lord, O my soul. We pray that you will bless the remaining part of the service as we take part of communion and the foot washing. We praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us. If you're ever in the Nashville area, come and visit us at the Nashville First Seventh-day Adventist Church. We're located at 2800 Blair Boulevard in Nashville, Tennessee. You may also visit us at nfsda.org.